Welcome to Two Pete in a Podcast, where we will talk about child health from birth right away through to adolescence, dealing with issues of illness, development, and everything else that is of importance. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Two Pete in a Podcast. I'm Dr. Simon Strawn, and with me I have my friend and colleague, Dr. Michael Platten. Hello, we are still live. We are, Mike. We uh, we missed <laughs> some uh, podcasts we were supposed to have flighted. Yes, well, hashtag COVID. Indeed, hashtag COVID. Mike and I both had COVID uh, in December, and it didn't dovetail, which means it didn't happen at the same time. He was first and I was second, so we were kind of three out days of action apart. For, yeah, three days. Three days apart. <laughs> so we were out of action for three weeks in terms of the requirements to isolate. But thank goodness we were both vaccinated, fully vaccinated, and clearly the um, variety we had was the Omicron because of the timing in uh, late December, and we both had mild illness. The the infectiousness of it. Yes. And how did you feel, Mike? Terrible for about two days. But I I did manage to take it home to my my family. They were not happy. Yes, and and your children got it, and (laughs) your wife got it. Mm, And that's why I wanted to talk about this. And how did they do uh, they were okay. My my kiddies were unhappy for about two days. Well, they had fevers above thirty eight mm. for thirty six hours that I could not get down. They were still running around. Well, my two year old was running around or walking around, going ouchie, ouchie, uppy, daddy, picky, uppy. So he let was me quite tell sore. you that I know parents get excited uh, and concerned when their children get fevers. You would imagine a pediatrician would know. Michael must have spoken to me two or three times, going, "My children have fevers and they're not coming down." And I had to calm him down like I have to calm parents down too. So <laughs> it's a scary thing when children are sick. Yeah. So, yeah, with proper doctor doses of medicine, they still had fevers for 36 hours. And obviously they were unhappy, uh, miserable, very tired. My two-year-old asked him, do you want to go sleep? He's like, yes, daddy. And he off he went into bed and climbed into bed and stayed for an hour, which is not normal. But they were happy after 48 hours. And running around, they were still a bit niggly, uh, but they probably had a sore throat because they weren't eating too well. And like I said, they were just very tired. So do you think they were any sicker than either they have been or patients of yours that you have seen have been with any, if they had any, had any other respiratory virus? The worst infection that they, that my youngest one had was bronchiolitis. Yes. And... This one was slightly worse just because of the fever, but they, they've literally been sick three times in their lives each. So not that much. But in terms of patients I've seen, it's not significantly worse than what I've seen with a normal, like common cold where they have fever for about two days, uh, runny nose, sneezing, coughing, tired, and generally unhappy. So what you're saying is that what you saw with your children is what we have come to learn from our practice and certainly what we've, uh, what we know from reading from cases around the world that the COVID, in young children, and they have not been vaccinated, obviously, because we're not vaccinating mm-hmm. young children, really is an illness of about two to three days duration. It is high fevers. It is muscle aches and pains, lethargy. We know that as adults, children can't tell us that, but you, that's what you experienced. Mm. But And they had quite snotty, congested noses, but they didn't have their respiratory sites. They didn't have any difficulty with their breathing. Did they have excessive coughing that had you worried? No, no. So they were breathing a bit faster, but that was because of the fever. So when we finally got the fever under control, their breathing or their respiratory rate subsided. 
So I was happy that there was nothing going on inside the, the chest. And I bet they weren't eating and drinking particularly well. Exactly. And I found out that with me, I had slightly altered sensa- taste, taste and smell sensation, where I couldn't actually smell poop nappies, but I could still smell food. <laughs> so you hope that doesn't come back. Yeah, exactly. But it did after two days. <laughs> so I also found no, um, probably they didn't want to have that much food because it tasted different as well. Potentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I have seen one, one child in the rooms that the mom said definitely was eating something before and now just doesn't like it after COVID. So I think this is an important point is that at the moment we're dealing with the Omicron variety and we know from data that the Omicron seems to be more of an upper respiratory illness. Mm-hmm. There is much less a loss of taste and smell than there was with the other variants and that the lower respiratory severe breathing difficulties and pneumonias that we were seeing with the Delta and other variants is much less with Omicron. Mm, so much. we may be a bit late with this podcast, but we weren't really into podcasting, were we, during the time of uh, Delta? But, but we had plans to do this and then we got <laughs> sick. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> so I think the, the point that we're trying to make here is that there is so much COVID around at the moment, that it's almost invariable that somebody's going to get it, especially if they're not being vaccinated. Mm. But that when they get it, especially in children, it is an upper respiratory infection. Yeah. It doesn't seem to be worse than any other respiratory virus. And therefore, your response to it as a parent when your child is sick is to treat it like you would treat any other fever. Go back to the basics of the podcast we've given and start off with fever plus what? Listen to the respiratory podcasts, coughing plus what, congested nose plus what. And what you'll find to a large extent with the children with COVID is that it is an upper respiratory infection. It will pass in two to three days. And if you just follow exactly what Mike was saying, make sure that the fever is well controlled with good doses of medication, keep the nose clear, alleviate the cough, make sure they're getting their liquids. You may be feeling pretty grotty yourself at the same time because you might have COVID too. Well, yeah, that, that's what we found in, in our house, that I was still recovering and my wife had just, just started after my the, the last child got it. And we were flat and they were running around playing. Like, just, just <laughs> please, please, just go outside and keep yourself busy. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that's important. And, and often the question is asked, you know, let's say a parent gets COVID and is COVID positive. Do you rush and test the whole family, Mark? I wouldn't, no, I, I didn't test my children because it's not going to change my management of them. If, oh, because I knew I was COVID positive and for isolation purposes, absolutely. Well, you need to know so that you can isolate so that you don't uh, infect other people unnecessarily or accidentally. But if they, if your children are coming in with COVID like symptoms, then uh, and you are completely fine, then I would recommend that you get them tested for isolation purposes of the family. Okay, so if the parents are positive and the children show symptoms, there's no point in testing the children because they almost certainly have COVID. Absolutely. If the children are showing symptoms of upper respiratory infection and looks, and we're concerned it might be COVID because maybe they had a COVID contact, but the parents are fine, you test the children just so that the parents know whether they do or do, do not need to be looking at quarantining, isolating. It'll give them the clue that if they start to feel sick, they may well, may well have COVID. Exactly. And also the other reason why we would try not to test them is because the test is best done in the nose with children, yes, not in the mouth. And it is very, very uncomfortable and painful for them. We don't yeah. want to expose them to that unnecessarily. Yeah. That is COVID. We just quickly wanted to touch on vaccination because vaccination is currently opening up to the, the younger age groups. Simon, this is your amazing work that you've been doing. 
in the last two, well, well, well since the beginning of COVID, that mm. you've been very, very hands-on in the vaccine rollout. Yeah. So can you tell us what you've been doing and just how that relates to COVID and COVID vaccination? So what, what, where have you been on in terms of committees and things? Just quickly, <laughs> briefly, this is going to be like a brief. Okay, quick. So for the best part of 2021, I've been involved in um, leading the stream that has brought online the private sector vaccination sites in South Africa. The government brought on their public sector sites and in the private sector, we had massive um, input from hospital groups, pharmacy groups and GP groups uh, to bring on these vaccination sites. And together between the public and private vaccination sites, we were able to, to the best of our ability, ensure vaccine equity uh, and easy access to vaccines. Uh, and the rollout process started off with high risk first, which was the healthcare workers. And then we moved down through people with comorbidities uh, and, and by age. And so we got down to 12 to 18 year olds uh, and that was rolled out. And at some point in the next, in 2021, um, in South Africa, 2022, we, 2022 correct. Mm-hmm. Thank you. We will, we will almost certainly look at bringing on vaccines online for the under 12s, probably five to 12, maybe two to 12. I think currently as of. This recording in January, early January, America's got five to 12. That's exactly right. Five to 12. As of November. And always my parents are saying, well, should we be vaccinating our children because oh, it's such a mild illness? Exactly as you just described, because it's such a mild illness. Um, and I think the answer always is yes, always vaccinate because it doesn't mean it is only going to be a mild illness in children. Plus, we know that uh, there is this, these conditions in adults called long COVID. Long COVID does exist in children too. But in children, we also have this um, multi-inflammatory, multi-system inflammatory disorder post-COVID um, called PIMS. Um, and if you're vaccinated, you can prevent that. The other thing is that in the general population, you want to reduce the ability of the virus to spread from one person to the next. You want to reduce what's called the reservoir. And if you want to reduce the possibility of the virus spreading from one person to the next, you need to vaccinate as many people as possible. Uh, and as soon as we can do that and the, um, the, the numbers start to decrease and the spreading starts to decrease, we can then start get back to going back to school without necessarily having to wear masks and social distancing. So there is no question uh, that vaccination in general uh, and vaccination with COVID, that the, the benefit is in vaccinating everybody, including children. And the benefits far outweigh the risks. That's exactly right. Side effects so far in terms of the vaccine have been very mild. Uh, so irritation at the injection site, maybe a bit of fever in response to that and a bit of discomfort. So a milder form of a respiratory virus. Sore muscles for about a day, uh, fever, like I said, but we shouldn't have any of those respiratory signs. So sneezing, coughing. Yeah. And all that. So it's just me, minor, 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 minor symptoms. And that's all we expect. And if there is something extra, then let us know so we can help you out. So that's exactly right. So, you know, nobody ever says there are no side effects to vaccination. And there is, you're absolutely right that if anything happens once after you're vaccinated to look at it and go, was that the vaccine? So we know, for example, in the, in the teenagers, especially in boys and in young adults, that there is a slight risk of developing an inflammation of the heart muscle or the lining around the heart called pericarditis or myocarditis after the COVID vaccine. So that's been reported. Um, but if you look at this condition as it occurs naturally, because it does occur with other viruses, and as it occurs okay, with COVID, which condition? The, the pericarditis, the pericarditis, that, that inflammation. The myocarditis, that mm-hmm. inflammation, yes, does occur with other viruses, and it does occur with COVID. And the risk is 
much, much greater of getting this inflammation from the natural COVID infection than it is from the vaccine. And even if, and if it does occur after the vaccine, all of the cases have been very mild and have uh, recovered. Mm. So again, the benefit is in vaccinating to protect the individual child uh, and to protect the community. And I think what we're getting at with vaccination is it won't prevent you from getting it necessarily. It does reduce the risk. But if you get it, your disease will be milder and therefore shorter. 100%. And that, and that is the same for the, for the majority of vaccines. I mean, nobody says vaccines work 100%, but they certainly boost your, boost your immune system. And you have a layer of um, protection if you are exposed to the wild virus. So vaccinate. Yeah. I think that's it. I hope this has been of use. We do apologize that it is so late in our COVID uh, <clears throat> pandemic, but hope it's giving you some, some insight. And as always, if you have any questions, please let us know or speak to your healthcare provider. And as always, if your children have allowed you to, thanks for listening. Thank you. Ciao. Thanks for listening. If you found this of value, please be sure to sign up to our email list at www.careforkids.co.za and that's the numeral four and subscribe in your favorite podcast app or follow us on Facebook. At Two Pete in a Podcast. At Two Pete in a Podcast. T-W-O, not the numerical two. This is our disclaimer. The information we have given you in this podcast is our own personal professional opinion. We're giving it to you for your own information. Please don't use it to treat yourself or to treat anybody else. Rather, go and see your own medical healthcare provider and follow their advice.